podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. What a fantastic goal that is from Derby! Hello and welcome along to Steve Bloomer's Washing, the Derby County podcast. It is a new year. There is fresh hope for the Rams in 2020. And in case you haven't noticed, a certain Wayne Rooney has just made his debut in the black and white of our club. I'm Chris Parsons, back for more this year with me. Is Tom Martin. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you too. Happy Rue Year. Uh, that's the first time I'll say that. I apologise. And uh, we're one or two men short down on the pod for this episode. So with uh, Crystal Palace around the corner in the FA Cup, making a one-pod cameo to help us preview the tie and give us his views on the Rams as a neutral, is a friend of the pod and lifelong Eagles fan, Alan Burrows. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you, Chris, and thank you for the invite. It's... um, I'm just glad we've finally got, you know, someone who makes the pod sound a bit more southern (laughs) after all this time. That's what I'm here for today. Yeah, um... So give us give us a bit of background now. How many times has, has Tom made you watch Derby down the years? I mean, it must be approaching triple figures, surely. I think it is now. I've, I've known Tom since about 2009 when we started working together. So I've been to many games. I was very fortunate. I went to Hole Away uh, this season uh, with you yourselves. Say, you say fortunate. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we've been to a few games. I went to the playoff semi-final, the first leg. Brighton game uh, was pretty incredible, wasn't it? The Brighton game, yep. Yeah. Uh, yes, of course, when uh, Steve McLaren was the manager. I was, got onto the, onto the pitch that day, yeah. if I remember rightly. Yeah, so a number of games. I must be into my double figures. Enough games for us to... Uh, for you to call Derby County uh, your second team? Oh, it's tough. Tyler Tamlin, it technically is my second team, but uh, <laughs> right. I think Derby's now pushing on to third place. Well, you know, we'll take that one. <laughs> one's medal. A medal, a medal hopeful, then. Anyway. We'll take what we can get. Uh, Tom, what's, uh, what are you drinking there? So we've got a lovely, lovely uh, beer from Fisher's Brewery in High Wycombe. This is, I presume, courtesy of your brother, Al. That's uh, right, yes. He lives up that way. And this is a, a, a Fisher's Brew. Uh, American Pale Ale coming at four point eight percent, and I've got a cheeky, uh, I've got a cheeky business as usual from our good friends at uh, Derby Brewing Co. on the go, and as you all know, they are Derby's original craft brewer, and they are our partners on the podcast for the season once again. So uh, yeah, back to back two one home wins have uh, well and truly eased the unrest around Derby County after Christmas. Um, I mean, let's face it, rescuing that injury time point. At Wigan definitely felt like a, a low point this season. Um, but back-to-back wins, whisper it quietly, only seven points off the playoffs, I think. <laughs> um, I haven't actually checked if that's right, because I don't really care. Um, it, is, it is right, Chris. It's, right. Uh, it's irrelevant, really. But uh, yeah, back-to-back home wins, uh, the Cup coming up, Wayne Rooney making his debut, and um, certainly a change in the atmosphere from... Our last pod, Tom, and do you think things are finally heading in the right, in the right direction at the start of the year? I think, um, I think yes is the the sort of simple answer to that. But I do think there is still work to be done, and there's still places we need to identify uh, to strengthen over the uh, January period. And I know yourself and Kutch touched on that in the last pod, and Derby fans across the uh, country will also agree with that. I think centre half, and maybe a, a sort of maybe a wider player if we're going to play wider, um, or 
perhaps if we get rid of some of the centre forwards and maybe a forward to come in to replace those. But again, it depends on what goes out before um, what we're thinking about what comes in. But I do think we're in the right direction. Some of those young players who've played in the last two games, Max Bird, man of the match tonight. Um, I think Jason Knight's been fantastic as well. And it was great to see both Marriott and Waghorn on the score sheet tonight too. So we have literally just watched the uh, 2-1 home win over Barnsley. Um off the back of the 2-1 win over Charlton. Uh, Derby still in 17th, but uh, but back-to-back home wins for what feels like the first time in a very long time. Um, Alan, you don't really watch that much of Derby, but you, uh, you you once again sat through another 90 minutes. <laughs> what, I mean, what was your gut reaction to how Derby County look at the moment as a neutral? I thought your first half performance was very good. You should have been at half time, two or three nil up. You missed a few good chances. Uh, youngster Knight, very impressed with his performance. Uh, I know he played well against Charlton, got on the score sheet uh, in his first time, got two goals. Uh, he's some player that I'm a little bit worried about actually on Sunday if he plays with the injuries that Palace have got. I think he could be a real threat for Derby and a danger for Palace. Uh, Second half, the only time I was actually concerned was towards the end of a, of a game when you sat really deep and you allowed Barnsley to come on to you. Barnsley had a little bit more quality in the final third. You may have actually possibly could have drawn the game, in which you should never have done if that was the case. Uh, overall, I think positive. Rooney made a very impressive debut. Uh, looked a bit tired towards the end, but technically such a fabulous football player, so he's assists will really help particularly from dead ball situations yeah I'd agree with that and I think um, Derby held the game uh, strongly enough at the end they, they kept Barnsley just about arm's length um, but I don't I wasn't very impressed with the way that we did it we sort of sat back really deep and I was really worried about the low Malone situation down the left hand side Malone didn't seem to know what he was doing sort of um, whether he pressed or whether he sat in um, and we kept getting cut apart down the right hand side a bit more quality as you said Al and I think we might have really struggled against Barnsley tonight um, but I thought the first half was fantastic it really carried on from the chart on performance the other night um, and I thought actually Clark and Davis uh, defended well thought Max Lowe was good and, and Wisdom was fantastic and with his uh with the assist that he got for the second goal, I think he was, uh, he was for me, the best defender on the pitch tonight. So we, we can't really go much further in this game without mentioning Wayne Rooney. In a way, just glad to get his debut out of the way, to be honest. Glad to, for, the, for some part of the circus to subside a little bit. Um, first few minutes, I thought he, you know, first half, I thought he, he was pretty quiet, really. Um, what, that clearly wasn't deliberate. He probably wanted to get on the ball more than he actually did. But... You could tell the first few touches, there's just that little bit of rustiness there, isn't there? I mean, I know the club have made a big deal of saying that he has been training with us, having his own mini pre-season uh, for about a month to six weeks, but you, just, you can't replicate that match situation. And uh, yeah, the, the, the first 20, 30, 40 minutes, I'm not going to say he looked off the pace, but um, but he, he looked quiet um, and he didn't get on the ball as much as he could. But when the team first came out, Tom, and he was named as captain... Did that surprise you at all? Um, at first, yes, but actually, on reflection, no. Um, and Koku made this statement in his post-match interview. The man's captain his, his national team. I mean, he's played 300-plus Premier League games. He's uh, 120 or so international appearances. He's captained his team. He's been in, He's been there and done it. So he is the most experienced member of this Derby squad. He is the 
a player who's got the most sort of leadership qualities as well. So actually, we, we have lacked some leadership. So why not make him captain? And Curtis Davis has done a great job um, as standing captain. But for one reason or the other, he wasn't first choice captain. So it wasn't like we have had a long standing captain. I think if Keogh hadn't have had the uh, unfortunate incident back in September and was still a Derby County player and still playing for us, I don't think the situation would be the same. But circumstances have changed. Um, my first gut reaction was like... Oh, Surprise, but actually now I've reflected on that, having watched that game, uh, not so surprised about him being captain. It's great to see, uh, great to see him, Alan, actually um, acting as a captain, particularly dishing out a, a first half bollocking to Jack Marriott for missing when he missed the second or third of his uh, first half sentence. <laughs> Is that what you expected to see f- from Wayne Rooney in 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 a team? Now, do you think that's you know his role has changed? And did you expect, were you surprised to see him being that vocal with his teammates in the first half of his debut? Uh, no, actually. Uh, Wayne's always been a leader. He's, as Tom said, he's Captain England, he's Captain Manchester United, he's used to these uh, responsibilities. And I think whenever Wayne does something, he takes it very seriously. His entire career, he's been very professional. Wherever he's played, he's always given 100%. This is exactly what I expected from him. And I think you're going to see more of it as the season progresses with him. He's very serious about his coaching roles, very serious about his football, very serious about his future. So I'm going to actually, I think you will really see a leadership role on the pitch. And that's something I think can only benefit Derby to have someone like him on the pitch, talking to the players, telling them what they should be doing, telling them this is it, this is what I expect. So I think it's fantastic. The... Uh... The, the the incident I was referring to there um, was one of was it a second chance that Rooney had to go at Marriott for? I think it I think it was third perhaps I think when because um, the first one was the the third one is clean for Rooney was too casual yeah, yeah that was it yeah it so was, so Rooney was asked about he was asked about it on Sky about why he was uh, being so vocal with Jack Marriott and he said uh, it was casual and lazy with the chance in the set and and to be fair to Marriott he did admit in his post match afterwards that. Um, you know, he, th- he thought the third one was offside, um, but Rooney was clearly making a point to him. Just, just stick it away. Doesn't matter if you think you're offside. Just play to the whistle. And it's disappointing, really, that we've said a lot of things about Marriott recently. But one of them, one of the things we've also said is we've defended him because we've said that he is an instinctive finisher who, who the one thing is is that he's best at is just sticking the ball on the back of the net. And even when his confidence has deserted him to such a, to such a degree that he can't even do that then that's when you know that he's got a bit of a problem as a player. However, with just minutes left in the uh, in the first half, he made up for all of that by getting on the end of the uh, of, of the Rooney free kick. It, before that, it had been a bit, a, bit, a bit of painful though, really, in the end. The, the chance after chance after chance that Marriott had missed. Um, I mean, the first one... Was uh, remind me what happened in the first one again? It was sort of a so difficult the, chance. The first he, one was a play down the line. Uh, Waghorn got the ball. Waghorn's ball foot, in, yeah, right yeah. footed, twelve yards out. He should be burying that, and he thinks he scored, and he runs off celebrating almost. He's put it wide, and he kicks the uh, advertising hoarding. Yeah. Uh, the second one, he just sort of like doesn't quite uh, doesn't. He's on his heel to get a deflection, I think, from the Barnsley player. Uh, and as a result, he's already made the run and it just flecks into his path. Um, so he's not quite sort of going forward with the same momentum that he does with with the third chance. The keeper comes out and makes a, a decent save. But for me, he should slip in Max Bird, I think it is, to his left. He's got an open goal and he's he would have easily scored that one. And the third, as you say, he tries to chip it. You haven't scored in 17 games, mate. Put your foot through it. Just finish it off. Um, don't try and do something fancy. And I think that was a... 
finishing wise, you could see like he just lacked that bit of confidence. But I'm I'm really pleased that he got the goal. Um, but he got himself into positions to score four goals tonight potentially um, and that's what we've lacked we've lacked someone creating chances or, or having chances created and it's not just the responsibility of the people passing it behind it's the, the responsibility of the forwards getting in there and getting into the positions where you think right I can play this player in I, I'm making that run getting into that place and, and Marriott was doing that which was pleasing um, the way he finished it reminded me of myself I've never scored a competitive goal in my <laughs> set, my uh, amateur football career so like um so yeah, just sort of summed that up for him, I guess, really. And um, he had a difficult first half, but he he capped it with a, an excellent finish from Rooney's free kick. That's important, though. Yeah, he 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 got his goal, and in the second half, he was still getting into positions. He he's not taking the chances, but he's at least keeping the instinctive part of his game where he he does play off the shoulder. He does instinctively move as soon as the ball is played, and he does get in behind. So that's that's something. At least at least he's making the movements, even if he's not being able to finish them off. But yeah, the free kick out that that, we, that that Rooney whipped in, bit of a mouthful. Um, we were saying at half time that it didn't really feel like Derby have a player who can deliver a ball of that quality. Um, and uh, yeah, it was it was, it was a, a free kick which was put right into the perfect position, and all Marriott really had to do was get a decent contact and keep it on target. Yes, all he needed to do was direct it, and it would have been a go. It's a beautiful ball in. It's that quality that Rooney adds to a team dead ball situations he's fantastic his reign to bars is the second goal it was that wonderful cross field pass that set the movement up that's what he can really bring to a side and in the championship if he gets on the ball gets his head up and there's good width in the team good movement Wayne will pick a pass out no matter where you are on the pitch and that's that's fantastic that bit of quality what he can bring to a side so, so he can create a lot of chances for him do you think we are Tom looking at a player in Rooney who may end up being more of a quarterback role or someone who sprays passes around rather than someone who uh, who affects the game more in the final third and uh, plays little intricate balls and makes runs because he, he looks like he wasn't quite maybe razor sharp fitness wise tonight. I think he, he wasn't necessarily up with the pace of the game to, to keep up with um, how quickly we were moving the ball forward. Now if we play a little bit more possession based then uh, and move the ball up the pitch slightly slightly slower uh, I think he will be influencing in behind the uh, the front line but f- for me although Rooney had a, a hand in both goals assisting obviously the first one and that fantastic crossfield pass for the second um, I'm going to be honest I was a bit disappointed with his overall influence on the game um, and I don't we've said it before I don't want to expect too much from him I don't think he's um, he's going to come in and sort of have this sort of unbelievable season I hope I'm wrong but it, I hope I'm wrong but I can definitely see the fact that um He's going to take time to get used to the championship. This is a different different game to um, to playing in the MLS. It's a different game to playing in the Premier League. You get less time time in the ball, which Rooney referenced in his post match interview, um, and it's quite difficult to adjust to that pace. And as you say, Chris, um, he's had a pre season or mini pre season. It's totally different to doing that to actually playing ninety minutes. Yeah, Cocky said afterwards, uh, we'll have to be careful not to be too enthusiastic with his minutes and build them up gradually. Um, I really had that in my head that really not to expect too much from Wayne Rooney when he when he played for us. But when you see him in the tunnel, you see him come out and they're given the big fanfare. It's so so hard not to get swept up in it. And when he first gets on the ball, you just expect expects him to do something great. And yeah, we maybe have to rein in our expectations and and uh, and realise that he's he he is still a normal guy. He's got to build him up 
build himself up slowly as any new signing would who hasn't played for 75 days, as uh, Sky pointed out since his last game for uh, for the other DC on the uh, on the other side of the pond. But it wasn't all about about Waza, of course. There were uh, plenty of other good performances across the park. Um, I mean, another shout out for Wisdom. I thought. I mean, a solid slot slot in against against Charlton um, uh, in the last game of the year, and then the assist tonight was uh, was terrific. We were we were chatting away on the on the WhatsApp group about it, and uh, Anton said that that Wisdom basically beat his man by just running with his chest up <laughs> and just barging past him. It was a uh, didn't really show a trick. He just uh, used yeah. his used his uh, his his enormous frame. Uh, yeah, it was a bit like a, an NFL handoff, except for with his chest, like perhaps a chest off or something. But the uh, the power that he showed to get down the line past uh, past Moet, I believe, who's um, not a small lad himself, and then the the ball into the box was absolutely phenomenal. Um, Reminiscent of the uh, Andre Wisdom 2013-14, I think he put a uh, put a cross in at Oakwell, so he must love a, love playing against Barnsley um, as he set up another fantastic goal again tonight. So loving the fact that Andre Wisdom's come back into the team. Hope he can keep it going. And um, Jaden, who perhaps? Well, Jaden Bogle, the uh, the guy we have to sell for ten million, as uh, as everyone keeps telling us. But uh, another point to make as well. So good to see Martin Waghorn get a goal. In open play, uh, scored against Wigan on Boxing Day, of course, but that was a, a last gasp, bundled equaliser. Um, good to see him convert a chance, uh, get a bit of confidence back. And uh, we noticed he, he gave it the old it, uh, fingers in the ears celebration. So we, we were talking about this and wondering how affected players are by the stick that they get. Clearly, Wagon seems to be suggesting that, uh, well, that they hear it, but that they just, uh, it's like water for ducks back. Yeah, I think um, I think the difference between someone like uh, Waghorn and Marriott is, as we've sort of discussed, is Marriott gets into the positions he's not taking his chances at the moment. Uh, and obviously Marriott's not had the game time. Whereas Waghorn has been put out onto the left, then put out on the right, then a bit through the middle, and he's he's not really nailed down a, a position for himself. So he, he becomes the full guy. So he probably, he's out there all the time, but he's not quite in a position, not getting used to, to playing in a certain way. And Derby keep changing shape and we've not been great going forward. So he probably hears all the, the comments from the crowd and hears the groans. And, and it's not a two fingers up. He's not saying that at all. But he is saying, like, I can do this and I am capable. If, if, you're, if I'm played in the right way, um, then this is what will happen. When he scored the goals for Ipswich a few years ago, uh, I might be wrong, but I think he played up front in the two. Uh, it may have been Daryl Murphy, uh, may have been somebody else, but I'm pretty sure he played up front in the two. And he's been playing up front on his own. So him and Marriott, if they can continue scoring, um, then yeah, I'll, I'll be a, bit, a big fan of having two up front for Derby this year. They didn't really massively seem to be on the same wavelength, particularly in the, in, in, in the first half, the assist that, Waghorn laid on for Marriott that he missed being being a highlight but they I don't know if you thought this as well Alan, but they did seem to be like sort of separate strikers playing their own games in that first half Yes uh, I don't know if there's been a lot of rotation in the Derby side recently but I very much felt that as well uh, they didn't really link up very well they seemed to be apart quite a bit so yeah maybe game time helps two up front playing more regularly together that can only be good for to build a partnership Alan's right we've changed the shape uh, and in terms of game time Marriott started the last two um, Waghorn probably I reckon maybe the last five or six but he's not been necessarily in the same position all the time and certainly not in a front two so that's only been the last two games and also that was for 16 minutes on a, uh, in the Charlton game so yeah game time will allow that um, 
cohesion to build up uh, over the time and I think that's the way we've got to go forward. A few were really impressive performances in the middle in general though away from um, Martin Waghorn and Wayne Rooney who did his thing on his debut. Uh, Max Bird and Jason Knight again impressing. They uh, I've got to be honest when Koku said he was going to start playing these youngsters more um, I thought it would take longer than it has for the likes of Knight to really nail down a spot. I guess part of it is because it's just through necessity that we're having to play them because uh, Shinny's injured and Bielik's suspended and Lawrence is suspended and um, the other players aren't doing enough with their first team opportunities. But if you look back at the other appearances that those youngsters have made and the contrast between the Max Bird that played against Villa last season at Villa Park when he just it was sort of men against boys in that game when, when we got spanked 4-0 he wasn't the only bad player in that game of course but um, he's come on so much since then um, and arguably you could say he, he was one of Derby's best players for the last two games in a row Kutch seems to be a huge fan he seems to think he was Derby's best player for our last three or four games in yeah. a row yeah, I think um, I mean, we can't blame Bird, can we, for, for that Villa performance. And I actually seem to recall us being fairly positive about him, but understanding his limitations as a perhaps a 17-year-old, I think he was, and being overrun by a rampant Villa side. Like, and, but in the last few games, and I think he was referring to Knight over the last three or four games, saying how impressive he was with uh, uh, with him, because he Kutch thought that uh, Knight was fantastic against Reading as well uh, just before Christmas but back onto Bird I thought he was so mature uh, he's got a great left foot on him he controls the game um, and he just he looks like a, a really talented player and a really promising prospect for me when uh, Shinny comes back he's going to have to get that jersey back off Bird it's not going to be just okay Shinny's back and he's fit let's put him back in there and without doubt, Tom Lawrence, when he comes back from suspension on Sunday, if he gets in there ahead of Jason Knight, I'm going to be one unhappy Derby fan. I think he won't be the only one, really. I think that's sort of the reaction that we're seeing elsewhere, that uh, Lawrence doesn't really fit in this Derby team at the moment. A lot of people are saying that we play better without him, um, which you can't overlook the, the, the stuff that he's clearly going through at the moment. But on the other hand, you've got to stick with players who are doing well. And uh, as for Jason Knight, we're going to come on to him more for the, the Charlton performance in um, in just a few minutes. But he's got he's got some really handy touches on him. And there's a particular touch where he, he, he took he took a, a long ball in his stride in the last few minutes in the game we've just watched against Barnsley. Um, great composure on the ball. Um, not afraid to take people on, to cut inside, to pick a pass, to, to get into good spaces, um, to try and out-muscle other midfielders. He puts himself about physically. Um, what, what's, what sort of a midfielder would you box him as, do you think? Is he like a sort of a box-to-box dynamo? Is he like, <laughs> a, is he like a flair player? Is he a... Um, I don't know. Well, that's as many as I can think of. To man, but do you know <laughs> what I mean? playmaker. Do, I mean, we're talk, talking about the uh, football manager uh, midfield roles there. But um, he's definitely a very combative midfielder. He puts a tackle in. He gets himself about. And I love the fact he took on the uh, big centre half shoulder to shoulder. And he, I think, he sent uh, perhaps Alex Mowat flying uh, for a fairly dubious free kick in the first half. And that was definitely. Uh, shoulder to shoulder um, if it wasn't Mo I think it might have been Thomas but it just showed the fact he wants to get stuck in he wants to win the ball um, he's tidy in possession and he also makes driving runs off it so yeah I think he's a another really promising prospect in a different mould to Bird um, Bird definitely sits deeper and does the sort of the, the sort of dirty work and, and Knight looks to be driving forward with the team well uh, more on him and, uh, and Max Bird and Morgan Whitaker and the other youngsters who featured for Derby recently 
in uh, what we have to say is one of the best performances of the season against Charlton on the 30th in uh, Derby County's last game of the year and the decade. But uh, before we skip on to part two of the pod, don't forget you can follow us on social media. We're at Steve Bloomer Pod on Twitter. Uh, we're on Facebook and Instagram as well. And uh, make sure you subscribe. If you're going to subscribe to one podcast this year about Derby County, uh, then make sure you subscribe in 2022. Steve Bloomer's Washing. Just hit follow on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. Hi, I'm Dean Sturridge. Hi, I'm Paul Pesky-Solido. Hi, I'm Curtis Davis, and you're listening to Steve Bloomer's Washing. So the 2-1 win over Charlton, uh, which was the game before Derby's 2-1 win over Barnsley, back-to-back 2-1 wins, as we've said, to start a new year, uh, culminated in that fantastic goal from Jason Knight. I think you'd probably have to say, I was thinking about this, maybe the moment of the season so far, would you say? Um <laughs> I'll be honest. I can't think against of a, a fairly low bar. Yeah, it does. It, yeah, I can't really think of too many more. I mean, the the two Lawrence goals in the first day of the season were, were set the season up to be quite a quite a good one, and then that that sort of like uh, deflated very quickly. So, in the context, I think that was a really important result, and that goal was a fantastic fantastic goal. The left foot of Max Bird, we just mentioned him a few minutes back. Um, great ball into the box, and then Knight arriving. Ala Craig Bryson uh, into the box, maybe your box-to-box midfielder um, rather than a combative midfielder, but finishing that really nicely. And Derby deservedly won that game 2-1 despite playing good 74-75 minutes with 10 men. And I think um, Jason Knight and again Max Bird were excellent that night. I like the thing I liked about the Bird assist is that he uh, he gets it in from we have to say that a, a fantastic secondary assist from uh, from Dwayne Holmes who chested it and pinged it out first all in one movement, but he. Uh, he gets it out on the left, just takes an extra little moment to, to get his head up, compose himself, then pick that 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 cross in the in swinging cross behind the defender. Like he doesn't rush it. He knows that the game's still there to be won, but he, he takes his time. And uh, yeah, it's a terrific ball. And to be fair, I think a lot of Charlton fans said that their defending was was terrible. But uh, to be fair to Jason Knight, he pops up in the right place at the right time. Tidy left footed finish to um, to round off that win, but. It was just bizarre, wasn't it? How much better we played with ten men than um, we, we, the game was pretty much on edge. You would have to say in the first fifteen until Beale got sent off. But uh, the way we took the game to Charlton afterwards just uh, went up, went for all the second balls, just ran and ran and ran. Why? Why was it that we were just so much better with a man? Disadvantage. I um I'll actually disagree, Chris. I think we were we were good. I thought in the first ten minutes it was going to be a stuffing. I thought Derby were going to win four or five nil. Uh, and I was watching it with some Charlton fans, and they were not not happy at all. And when Bielik got red carded, that was when they uh they suddenly had a bit of hope. I thought Derby were excellent from the minute uh, from minute one. And I think the reason why we were better then was because we wanted the ball more. Um, we pressed them, we pushed them further up the field. Um, when we had the ball, we were composed on it. When they had the ball, we um, had them at arm's length all the time and Charlton yes they didn't play very well if you speak to Charlton fans and as I said I watched that with them they said they were poor but you take that reverse fixture we were really poor against them but Charlton fans were going on about how excellent they were that day it it works both ways doesn't it Derby were great Charlton were not very very good and that's why it ended up uh, in a Derby victory with 10 men and it could have been had we had 11 against 11 I think it could have been 4 or 5 nil that night so just going back to the youngsters, um, just just one more question on them, really, because it's interesting that there was a similar crop of all come through at the same time, like Whitaker and Knight 
um, are being thrust into it at the same time. Sibley seems to be the one who has the most promise from from what fans say, but he's the one who's seen the least first-team action. And then you've got Bird as well, who's been uh, in and around the first team for... Uh, well, he actually got his first... Um, he got capped by uh, by Rowett, didn't he, in, the, in that Barnsley-Carabao Cup defeat in that season when he was basically... Probably still had a paper round was doing his GCSEs. <laughs> like he was what about sixteen? I think when he got a game then, and we lost that game. Um, yeah, Knights sort of come from nowhere, really. I'm sure people who watch the academy more, more often will say that he, he's been bagging the goals in. But um, yes, yeah, so maybe that's a, a, an unfair thing to say. But th- these youngsters have been chucked in all at a young age. Knight is the one who's made the most of an impression. Um, is he the one who? is the best from the current crop or is there more to come from Whitaker and Sibley and, um, and Bird? Yeah, I, th- I think there is more to come. I'm excited by the the prospects that we have. Um, Whitaker's obviously come off the bench a few times and to be fair to the lad, he's, he's not done too much. Um, I think he needs to perhaps be a bit more sort of uh, proactive in his movement. I think he's sometimes a bit static up front, but he's a very young young man. And I think he'll come good. Um, Bird, we've already talked about, been very impressed with. And I think when we do see Sibley properly, I think he'll be a real talent too. So Knight's taking his chance. He's playing very well. He's taking his opportunities. I hope he keeps his feet on the ground, keeps working hard. Um, but I love the fact that he's already got his own chant. And I love the fact he's replacing Mason Mount um, in the champ from last year. So it's great to see that Derby fans have taken to him already too. You're not a fan of my version of, uh, oh, what a night to, to, <laughs> to, with Jason Knight replacing then? Well, uh, I am, Chris, but I really want you to sing it to me. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Before that, uh, Christian Bielik had been sent off straight red in uh, the first 15 minutes. We had a bit of a disagreement about this really i think my instinct at first was that it was an orange which i know isn't a card that exists <laughs> um and i guess if it's an orange it's probably going to get upgraded to a red um in hindsight could you say it was a red um it's one of those that you're not going to appeal and win uh it's one of those that if we had the referee that we had tonight at barnsley uh would have been a yellow card and i thought the referee was quick to get the red card out the and he was also quick to listen and to see the reaction of Gallagher rolling around. And I think it will have hurt him, Gallagher, because he made Billy made a lot of contact. But the charm players surrounded the referee. Um, and I think that I could understand if that had been a yellow card. And my gut was a yellow card and Kutch agreed with me. Uh, I know you and Anton were a bit more towards the red card sort of side of things. But I think you put it into context. Billy's coming in. He comes in on the floor. His studs aren't raised for me. It's one-footed and Gallagher's going in the opposite direction. Two opposite forces when they collide is obviously a pretty big impact. So, of course, it's going to hurt Gallagher. If Bielik comes in from the side and takes out Gallagher, that's a yellow card all day. So the fact that they're coming in from opposite directions, the referee has to take some context into that. The fact it's a loose ball and a 50-50 there, it's not dangerous. It's not up his shin. It's on his foot. It's not high. Uh, and that's why I don't think it was a red card. The fact it's given us a red card, it's not going to be the, the kind of thing that gets overturned. Um, and it's the kind of thing, I think if it was the other way around, you'd be shouting for and be like, I can see that should have been a red card had it only been given as a yellow. Um, but a lot of the guys who I was watching who were Chant fans, they were, maybe because I was so vociferous in my defence of Bielik, uh, they kind of agreed with me um, that it, it could have could well have been a yellow card. So I'm on, a bit on the fence, but I'd have gone yellow. Clear man in the match, meanwhile, against Charlton was uh, was the mighty Dwayne Holmes. I mean, putting a performance, he looked like man possessed at times. He was 
absolutely phenomenal against Charlton. He uh, he was he was spraying passes around, breaking the lines, performing clever little flicks, breaking up play. Uh, by far the best performance I've seen from him in a, in a Derby shirt. I just wondered if, because he had to drop deep to cover Bielik's position, if that is a a, a long term position for him. Like we've seen him uh, as the wide man in a three behind the striker under Lampard, I think, last season at times. Um, what do you think his best position is? It's interesting, isn't it? Because we all like Holmes on this pod. Um, we like the energy. He's clearly uh, got that sort of... Uh, he's that type of player that becomes a fan's favourite because the effort he puts in. But the facts say a lot. He doesn't score enough. He doesn't create anything. Um, he's not had an assist this year. He's not had a, a goal this year. So maybe the deeper deeper role is a good option for him. Um, at the same time, he's then competing with Max Bird. So what what shape are we playing? And we're still sort of trying to fit players into a different system all the time. Would you put Bird and Holmes as a deep lying two? Then where do you play Bielik? Do you put him into the centre back? And it's we're still we're still trying to work out what what system we play. Um, and I think with Holmes, it's a, a very good question. Where do you play him? I don't necessarily think that deep is the best position for Holmes. I want to see him getting forward as well, uh, supporting the front line. But I do think he was terrific. That my favourite type of assist, the secondary assist, the the control and the pass. Uh, Sky were banging on about the secondary assist for Rooney against Barnsley yeah, tonight. They weren't they? for Dwayne Holmes though, and that's what upsets me. Lack of consistency. <laughs> I mean, who is this Wayne Rooney guy? God. But um, I thought Holmes was fantastic. The the touch and the pass um, for that goal and the the way he, as you said, broke up the play. Um, that was an incredible performance. And Sky gave the man of the match award to Jason Knight, and. Yeah, maybe deservedly so because of his two goals and he's a young man, but perhaps not rightly so. I think I think Holmes for me was man of the match that night. If you think about the team to play against Palace at the weekend, um, it's a bit of a selection headache that uh, that Koku has um, because how long will Beelup be out for? Two match ban if he's if it's a straight red. I, I think um, yeah, two yellow cards for is a is a one match ban, isn't it? And then straight red is at least two, possibly three, depending on on conduct. So I guess we'll hear about that in the next couple of days because I haven't seen anything about him being out for three days. So I'd imagine that Beelup it will be confirmed in the next day or so, um, and probably by the time we've listened to this podcast, you'll you'll we'll know whether Beelup will be available. Um, I'd actually like to maybe keep Beelup out of that. Um, Keep with Bird, keep with Knight, uh, keep with Holmes. Uh, I think Marriott and Waghorn, we talked about their lack of cohesion, got to play them. Back four doesn't change for me either. I think we play as strong a side as we possibly can. Um, yes, it's another game in a, in a grueling, grueling sort of schedule, but these players have just got hitting a bit of, bit of form. We haven't had a back-to-back victory this year or back-to-back victories this year. Let's see if we can try and build on that confidence and that, uh, that sort of togetherness with the, the first 11 we've had out. So, well, I'll bring Al back in at this point because I can see he was glazing over when we were talking about Derby's youngsters <laughs> and starting to relive Andy Johnson's best goals in his head. A lot, to, a lot of penalties in that Going to his happy collection. Place. Quite a few dives as well, maybe. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Crystal Palace v Derby at the weekend in the FA Cup third round. We're all going to be there as it's quite handily a, a local away day for us. But Al, you've, you, you see a lot of Palace. You, you're a lifelong fan. I guess the question for a Premier League team who are mid-table, who have got a championship team at home in the third round is what sort of team do you think you're going to put out? I think Roy, being a, an old-school manager, respects the FA Cup, so I expect him to put out a fairly, fairly strong team, maybe five to six, possibly seven first-team regulars, and then a few youngsters 
to give him an opportunity. We do have a few injuries at the moment, so uh, it'd be unlikely you'll see players like Andy Townsend. He's he's out. Uh, so you, I think you're going to see probably Wayne Hennessy in goal, the second choice goalkeeper. Connor Wickham will play up front. There's now Ben Teke. Jordan Ayew's taken the burden of the attacking play for Palace all season, so I expect him to be rested. There's a young striker called James Daly. He's uh, highly thought of uh, in the Palace team. Uh, he's 19. He played for the under-23s last season, did exceptionally well. Uh, he was on the bench against Norwich. Didn't actually get on on New Year's Day. but uh, So we might see him play. So it could be a 4-4-2 formation from Palace. Max Meyer, he's a terrific player. Roy doesn't really rate him highly, which a lot of fans don't quite understand because we all think he's technically one of the best players, or I personally think he's one of, te- one of the best players in the team on a technical level. You might see James McArthur play, so it could be quite a solid midfield. From a derby perspective, if you're looking at where you can attack Palace, it'll be in the full black positions. Uh, we've got a lot of injuries. Van Arnholt is out. He's used to be injured. Joe Wall's out for most of the season. So you might have Martin Kelly as right back, who's got absolutely no pace whatsoever. So the flanks could be a real danger for Palace, uh, looking at where Derby can potentially attack us. And looking at someone like Knight, Tom, who likes to get down the wings, that could be a potential thing for uh, Derby. Something I'm quite worried about, as I mentioned earlier. So yeah, I think Roy's going to take it reasonably seriously. He's going to respect the FA Cup. And uh, in terms of the players who can hurt Derby the most... We talked about Conor Wickham before. I was just saying that I'd, I'd basically forgotten that he existed. I mean, he 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 had a bit of a spell, what three years ago? Um, uh, you, you told me that to be fair to him, he has since had a very serious injury. Yeah, let him out for about eighteen months. But I uh, is he back on the goal train now? Is he is he where is he in the Palace pecking order? Were we at that game together, Al? The Conor Wickham injury game. It was. It's in two thousand sixteen. It's a classic game. We lost five four away to Swansea. We were, I think, 4-3 up in the 89th minute and somehow managed to throw it away. But in that game, uh, Connor suffered a really bad injury, a crucial ligament injury. It took him out of the game for about 18 months. But in the pecking order, at the moment, I use the number one. Then there's Benteke as number two. And Connor sort of comes in at number three. So sometimes he doesn't even make the match day squad. So injuries have allowed him back in. He scored on New Year's Day against Norwich. I can only do his confidence a world of good so I I can't see him not playing on Sunday he has to play he's got a goal he needs to get some more minutes under his feet so yeah I expect him to lead the line so talk us through the uh, what's the anticipated Palace lineup then from back to front well that's gonna be quite a tough one I think Hennessy will be in goal I think Martin Kelly will be right back uh, the centre-back position is going to be quite interesting Sacco only played 45 minutes against New Year's Day Scott Dan's out injured so we probably might see a youngster called Sam Woods. He played against coaches in the League Cup. Uh, you may see Tompkins play. He always seems to be injured, but he, he will probably play. Left back again to an interesting position. I'm not too sure what we'll do on that side at the moment. We might see a youngster there uh, starting. In midfield, I expect to see Max Meyer. I think we'll go far, far too. So Max Meyer will play. You may have James McArthur. Saha probably won't play. I imagine he'll be on the bench. Uh, Roy Hodgson came out after the Norwich game and said he hadn't trained since the previous match and he only played for his love of Palace. I'm sure he loves us so much he won't be putting in that transfer request in a couple of days' time. So uh, I don't expect Saha to actually start. Uh, 
so I'm not too sure what the midfield will be. It'll be a mixture of experience with a few youngsters, possibly. We had a young man uh, called Brendan that came on, uh, played 10 minutes against Norwich, got an, uh, Wayne Rooney got an assist assist. He passed <laughs> the ball, but allowed Saha to cross it for Connor. So he might play a young man, only 18. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a mixture between five or six regulars with a couple of youngsters. So when you... Um, you- yeah, it's, it's a cup this weekend, but the bread and butter for Palace is the Premier League. Uh, it's Palace's seventh season in the Premier League now. Now, about four, five five or so years ago, me and you used to joke that, or you always used to tell me that, uh, you know, our Palace, we're an established Premier League team. <laughs> we're, 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 we're established, and this was the year after you got promoted. But the, That's uh, correct. <laughs> but the joke's on me now, because five years later, you actually are an established Premier League team. Yeah. But for you... What is the next level for Palace now? Like, where do you want to see your club go from here? Really, realistically, I think Palace is as, as far currently as we can go. When we're we've done seven consecutive seasons up to that point, we've never actually done one. This is the first time we've actually had a run in the Premier League. We've always been instantly relegated. Uh, so now it's to me. I just want to consolidate, stay in the league. A lot of Palace fans might look at Europa League as the highest. But when you really look at the structure of a club, the size of a club, a stadium is such a limitation. It's so far behind the times, uh, which means the money that we generate on a match day through like executive boxes, we just don't can't get that income in. Is it still wooden seats in the away end? No, it's plastic seats. So before you guys who are going to wow. the half weight stand, you're going to be in comfort. Just uh, Finally join the modern world. Just watch those pillars, just make sure you're stretching those <laughs> next muscles before the game. Uh, but yeah, survival is always, for me, the main thing for Crystal Palace. I, I can't see us really progressing. The size of the squad, we got into the Open League and start playing in June. We'll be absolutely knackered by October. We just don't have the... Uh, size really to go any further than what and we you're are. happy with that you're happy with like you know sort of giving giving the big the big boys a nosebleed every so often and like basically hovering around the table cheeky cut run every so often I, at the moment yes because the structure of the club's just not there i think it's important also to put it into its context this time 10 years ago as we opened a decade we entered administration so 2010 we were actually wondering how can the club actually survive we're looking at this decade wondering now how can the club thrive. So it's actually a remarkable 10 years. So Palace fans have to stay on their feet. We've got to stay humble because we know what the dark sides of football is. We was only there very recently. So it's basically like unless big structural changes come at Palace to take it to the next level, then you are where you're going to be for the next few years. I, I, I think so, yeah. Unless a Russ and billionaire... And uh, please do get in touch uh, <laughs> if you want to buy the club. Uh, At yeah. Bloomer Pod. <laughs> Sponsorship opportunities available. <laughs> please call. I'll leave my number. <laughs> uh, but yeah, at the moment, I can't really see realistically. When you look at what f- Wolves have invested into their club, you see what Everton's invested, the money that West Ham spent. Palace can't compete. And they're three clubs that you expect to see or just outside the top four, outside the top six. And they're spending vast amount of money, which Palace are not. So we're actually trying to compete with uh, those teams by spending less money. It's really very difficult. So anywhere from about 12th to 8th, I will happily take. You've had a recent cup pedigree though, Al. You, 2016 FA Cup final? Yes. Um, how... still, I've still got Pardew's dance in my head. It's like, a, it's, like a, it's like a meme that will never go away. It all went wrong after that dance. <laughs> Unfortunately so. But um, how, how important is the cup for you this year and how seriously 
how annoyed would you be if Derby were to to beat you on Sunday? I would be annoyed. Uh, we got to, uh, I think it was uh, the quarterfinals last year when we lost to Watford, and there was a great uh, momentum about getting Roy to Wembley. Oh, it's the fifth round, forgive me. It was get Roy to Wembley. He's never played and managed at Wembley apart from his time as England, not domestically. So I think there will be an annoyance because Palace are looking at the league now thinking, well, we're not going to be hopefully in a relegation battle. So why not look at the cup and give the fans you know, something to think about, something to dream about? We all love a cup run. I thought we were terrific in 2016 um, compared to Manchester United fans. Most... Uh, football clubs are terrific but uh, really great noise it really brought the club together and that couple of minutes when we actually led uh, when Jason Punson scored it was uh, just one of those moments you think it's going to actually happen it's actually happening yeah then unfortunately uh, with Crystal Palace and the history of the club uh, reality struck quite quickly (laughs) ex-Derby legend Jesse Lingard or Derby legend Derby performer I guess Jesse Lingard scoring the winner yeah and he's been done a dance as well (laughs) oh dear a couple more questions before we move on to the quiz Um, are you going to fly that eagle across the pitch beforehand does that happen at every game I think it does yes so yeah I expect it to uh, fly across the pitch big fan of that and uh, Crystal is going to be leading the teams out as well asking for a friend (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure (laughs) I'm sure they will be there okay I'll tell my friend (laughs) the last time I was there Chris they uh, didn't because it was too cold so you better hope for some warm weather on Sunday global warming that's what we need (laughs) right well we're going to wrap up the 73rd Steve Bloomer's Washing podcast with our semi-traditional edition of Guess the Eleven which we definitely didn't steal off another successful football podcast Uh, so Tom and Alan have to take it in turns to identify the 22 starting players from a famous game in Derby County's history. Take it in turns. You get one wrong answer, uh, Grace, each. So you each get a yellow card before you lose the game. Um, and the game in question took place. It's a game that I periodically remind you about, Alan. It was in September 2010. I can't remember that game at all, Chris. And, uh, <laughs> For the blank. It was a game... <laughs> When the result was Derby County 5, Crystal Palace 0. Um, so I'll let you start, Al, on this one. So you get a yellow card. Can you name any of the 22 starters or anyone who came on a sub in that game? So if I get it wrong, this game could be over quite quickly and I don't have to go you get on it wrong, on. It, <laughs> it, Yeah, it could. Yeah, I didn't think of it that way. Right. Uh, so did Wilfred Saha start in that game? Uh, yes, he did. That's correct. Tom. Uh, I'm going to go for Hatchick Hero that day. Uh, Alberto Bueno. Alberto Bueno. That's for you, Couch. Didn't score a hat-trick, but he no, did. did oh. Um, it's he, <laughs> he did start in that game. Correct. Alan, over to you. Darren Ambrose. Was he at Palace at that point? Ambrose is not there. Ooh. So... Alan's uh, kicked the ball away and he's been uh, <laughs> issued a premature yellow card. Is that, it's a, out of a complete shock at my awful knowledge. Was the hat-trick hero then Shefki Kucci? Uh, Shefki Kucci also didn't score. You don't have what? to say he scored a hat-trick. Yeah. Nobody scored a hat-trick in this game. I thought someone scored a hat-trick. I was there. What game are you thinking of? Right. Another game against <laughs> Palace, Khalid. But Shefki Kucci then. Shefki Kucci is correct. Alan, over to you. It has to be a legend, Speroni. Julian Speroni. Julian Speroni was a net for Palace. That is correct. Um, I wonder who was net for Derby at this time. Uh, was it Frankie Fielding? Frankie Fielding 
did not feature in this game. Tom's gone in high, he studs up. He's got a yellow. Uh, Sean Derry. Sean Derry. He's only had eyes for the ball, but he's uh, he's missed it. Oh, no. And he's committed a leg breaker. <laughs> it's uh, Sean Derry is not there. Wow. I'm afraid. Uh, um, so I- Tom just needs one correct player to uh, to see out right. I'm gonna this say, round. Uh, Sean Barker. Sean Barker started for Derby County, so Tom gets the win. Derby's starting 11 was Bywater, Brayford, Barker, Leacock, Moxie. In the middle, it was Green, Savage and Bailey. And then up front was Coochie, Commons and Bueno. Uh, Stephen Pearson came off of Leacock. Ben Pringle came off of Robbie Savage. And was it Liam Moore? Luke. Luke, Luke Moore. Yeah. One of those one of, one of those guys came Bill on for Shefki Coochie. A new subs. Uh, sorry, subs. Deeney, O'Brien, Pearson, Pringle. Sifka, Doyle, and more. The Palace, Speroni was a net. Then the defence was Klein, Davis. Is that Claude Davis? Yes. Wow. <laughs> that's, uh, what, that's why we McCarthy, <laughs> Neil Dans, is that? Oh, Neil Dans, yes. Garvin, don't know who that is. No. Owen Garvin? Owen Garvin, yeah. I and I can't believe you missed this, this George out. George Burley signing. I can't believe you missed this one out. Big Edgar Davids played in this game. Did he really? Yeah. <laughs> he got a yellow card. He got the running around from Robbie Savage. Uh, then <laughs> Jalali, don't know who that is. Uh, Marrow, James Vaughan, another Davids oh, connection. Jimmy and Wilfried Zaha. Um, and on the bench were Price, Bennett, Dorman, Cadogan, no idea. Ndai, Andrew, and Canago. Is that Pablo Canago? Exit yeah, switch. Wow. What a difference a decade makes. What connections? Well, uh, Oh, thanks for joining us. Thank you. We've had a nice insight into uh, into the life of a, a Super Eagles fan there. What's your prediction before we go for the Cup tie at the weekend? I think 2-1 Palace. Tom? I'll take a goal, so I'm happy with 2-1 Palace. Although, obviously, being a Derby fan, going a 2-1 Derby. I think a, uh, a late Jason Knight winner. I will say we'll score a goal, but we'll also concede four. I'll say uh, 4-1 Palace. I don't want to be with you on Sunday, Chris. I don't want to be with you either. <laughs> We've got tickets, haven't we? So. If it's 4-1, I'll be on my next podcast just to talk to you, Chris. <laughs> we'll come back in a couple of weeks. We're back after a few games. Maybe Runa will score a few goals and Derby may still be in the Cup. But until then, Tom, thank you. All the best. Alan Burrows, thank you. Thank you very much. See you again soon.